check one, check two. How are you? Welcome to my podcast show. My name, the host, Tamika Michelle Noel, and what am I presenting today? When to give is the subject. Bring your ears closer. I'm advising you right now. I'm going to throw a question at you. It is really simple. You ready? Here it goes. When to give. When I say that, what comes up? What do you feel charitable about? What do you give? Do you give your time? Do you give your energy? Who do you believe in? How do you believe in people? Do you believe in people? Some people, some of us have given up. Anyone can learn to give, by the way. It don't have to be a certain age, a certain ethnic group. Because I've seen selfish people that are kids, okay? And I've seen selfish people that are grown-ass adults. Man, female, black, white, Asian, I've seen selfish and giving in all nationalities. It's real easy to see stuck on the negative. And the negative is people are selfish and and greedy and (laughs) full of themselves. And unfortunately, it's actually a fact. It's something that can be proven. I want to talk about when to give and why I give and I do not regret it. I give to a variety of different organizations. Where do I start? So I start with, very simple. I start with what I believe in, what I stand for, and where I know the lack is. So what I believe in, what I stand for, or where I know the lack is. And you have to, I would say you have to. I would like for you to enjoy what you're doing, by the way. If you're not enjoying what you're doing, if you're giving, don't do it to yourself. Don't do it to anyone else. You probably met these people. They want to know where the dollar is going. Now, you, it's good and I think wise to know where your money is going. Because you don't want to get to any Tom, Dick, and Harry. Because everybody ain't telling the truth. Everyone... I know people, you probably do too, who are, well, sucking people, the system, everything they can, dry, period, to get money up out of them without thinking. Thank you again for coming to my podcast show. So, who do you give to? I'm listening to this music, trying to listen to it. And so, um, I want to put some... Why I call decent music. You ever heard of a group called Foo Fighters? Well, the song, The Pretenders, is perfect for right now when I speak about who to give to, why not to give to people. There's a lot of pretenders out there, and they make it hard for people who are actually in danger, who actually need the help. So I think some people, a lot of people, feel like they want to you know, travel across seas, these are for the rich people, um, give to people across the country, um, somewhere else in the United States, or just in another country away from the United States, because they feel like they can't trust them, and you know what, I kind of can't blame them, by the way, while this song is playing, Food Fighters, The Pretenders, you ever heard of an organization called NIVA, well, I'll tell you about it. I yes, I definitely am advertising for this this organization. It's called NIVA, Emergency Relief Fund. 
They give you an option, $5, $10, $20, whatever. I just know I gave some money to them. And no regrets, by the way, because I'm going to read this. These entertainment hubs are critical to the local economic, economics, and tax basis as employers, tourism, destinations, and revenues. Generations for neighboring businesses such as restaurants, hotels, and retails, independent venues, exist in every state across the country. They were the first to be closed. No shit. They will be the last to open. The economic recovery process will extend past reopening. Donation collected by the Giving Back Fund. YouTube covers all transaction fees. Nonprofit website. The Giving Back Fund, GBF, is a national nonprofit organization. That organ. Let's see, that encourages and facilitates charitable giving by professional athletes, celebrities, high net worth individuals. Now, there's certain people, certain groups like the Foo Fighters are a part of supporting the NIVA. It's for our so-called non-essential workers. It kind of pisses me off when I hear the word non-essential. I'm going to tell you what it sounds like and you're probably going to count me as paranoid, but I'm okay with that. I'm going to tell you what it feels like. Like America is being jumped into um, dictatorship. Because in dictatorship, my understanding, for us who remember a little bit bits and pieces about dictatorship is school and all. So, you know, I was told this, that the people, the citizens of these particular countries, they don't have the rights to choose what they want. Either you're going to be this or you're going to be that, meaning you're either a doctor or someone they consider important in society, okay? Or you're going to be working in the farms. You're going to be working in the farmlands. That's it. If you don't do good in school by a certain time, they just put you out basically to pasture, literally to pasture and work in the farms. These is no in-between. Not saying there's not performance in other dictatorship countries. Of course there are, but you better believe it's regulated. I've heard of things like the forbidden dance and all this other crazy mess. In my head, I'm like, a dance is a dance, but okay. And me being an American, there's no such thing as a forbidden dance. (laughs) Me, a a teenager of the 90s, some of that stuff they were doing, I was doing, we were doing, On the dance floor should have been forbidden and outlawed, okay? Basically, getting free fails. Okay, I'm just being real with you for a minute. I'm trying to be ethical but honest at the same time. It's good and important to be honest. So I support this organization, and I hope this commercial go off real quick. I That's the thing that gets on my nerves, even though they have an option with YouTube. But I'm cheap, so I don't pay for it. <laughs> YouTube is normally free, right? So... I give to the NIVA fund, and they're paying more. I'm going to try to cut this off because I'm trying to let y'all hear my points and views. If it Sometimes I feel like the machines are working it, not me. <laughs> I don't feel like we have like a, a whole bunch of choices sometimes. I feel like we're being jumped into dictatorship. How am I saying that? 
a lot of rights that, according to my understanding, we have, well, it looks like we're fighting for them all over again. And it's weird because, I'm going to tell you why I say it's weird. I know you're sensible. I don't, I thank you again for coming to my podcast show. Take a break just to thank you. Thank you for coming, sponsoring me, putting money on my podcast show. My podcast show. I try to educate people. I try to expose certain information. I try to uplift people and inspire other people. Not only do I do this podcast, I'm also a progressive artist who has her own business. I do. I do. This is my life. I don't know about you and I don't know your life. But I've told many people my story. I get humbled. It's hard for me to talk. I get excited because I get to tell people, this is my life. I, who once was a pinheller, for those who don't know what pinheller means, it's a cute word for saying begging for money, begging to live. So this podcast specifically is about giving. And anyone can choose to give. I think a lot of people don't know how to give. I can't talk about you. Some people are lost and don't know how to give, but they have a desire to give. Bless their heart, right? The point I'm making is really simple. Who do you give to? How much? And when? If you feel an edge to give, give, but there's a but behind it. I would advise you to give with your whole heart and enjoy it. Meaning, let's say I'm this rich person. And I have this extra $10,000, extra $10,000 to give. Well, and I just give to an organization. $10,000 to me is a lot of money, okay? I'm definitely not a rich person by any means. And again, thank y'all for donating because I, I think I do a good job in trying to educate other people. So here it goes. Let's say you had $10,000 just to give to people. What would you give to? How would you give? How would you disperse it? You ain't got to have $10,000 to give. You have 20. You have, you have one. And you want to still give. See, I actually happen to believe we have one life and one moment. And if we waste it, it's only us. And you don't have to be an established 40-year-old artist like myself to give. You can give. Young and old. What gets to me, I'm going to tell you, when I see parents, I'm not a mother, but I, I'm really good with kids. That was my job before COVID-19. Am I a little bitter about it? A little bit. Can't help it. Because I miss my kids. I know they're not my kids, but a lot of children. I got a full faculty of mine, okay? But I do know when you work for a school, you work for the community. And we work for the community. You work for the community of all these parents who are so protective and loving and guiding towards their kids. And you know what? They should be this way, by the way. And so I'm a part of that. And there's other people who work for the school. Their jobs got counted as non-essential. It gets me upset because I feel like everybody's job is essential. Nobody should be counted as us. If we're not essential, what are you saying? That we don't count. Now, 
for the time being, some of us actually qualify for benefits like unemployment. And here in Jersey, we have something called welfare, but that's for people who are not working, who, you know, for whatever reason, they don't have a job. It happens, right? But it's nobody, it's nothing to feel sorry about. I wouldn't give to the state, even though the state does give me unemployment. I actually qualify for unemployment. Imagine that. Now, as a person who gets not only that, but I have a business of my own that I conduct. I have a variety of things that I do. Like I have sticky art, a different category of subjects that is art that basically stick is stickers and it's refrigerator magnets. And I sell the stickers individually, the Bob Marley stickers for three dollars each. And the Jimi Hendrix, these are literally photos in about a two by two, I would say, a two by two size stickers. They are three dollars each. Now I try to give you a deal if you buy more than one. More than two, I would say three. Like if you were to buy three, instead of you spending nine dollars, you could spend six. I try to, you know, set a deal if you're gonna get get a bundle of them. So and then it's also the real small ones that I have. And I sell those. It's five in a row, or you could do the whole pack. Five in a row is five dollars. These are real small one by one stickers. So if you want to know more, these are images that I took across the country that I saved in, in my equipment and I produced them as images. Little tiny stickers. And people like them. And you know, stickers sticker everywhere. And then you have the refrigerator magnets there. Images from all over from Jimi Hendrix to my gobble gobble wild turkey encounter picture here in New Jersey. Matter of fact, for those who know Jersey, hi, my New Jersey is listening. Hi, thank you. Thank y'all for your contribution. Thank you for the, the compliments and thank you for your love and much support here in New Jersey. But I realize it's not just Jersey support me. Jersey, some of my people from Detroit, because I'm originally from Detroit, even though I lived there 17 years, but people still, I'm very grateful for their support. People in New Jersey, people in Las Vegas, because I stayed in Vegas for eight years, and people still support me in Las Vegas. Very grateful for that. And for people who I don't know where you're from, but I think we all can give. So I talk about what I do in my art. So the sticky art is $3 to $7. $7 on the refrigerated magnets. So if you want to know more, inquire more, I'm going to do a sticky um, post. And you get to see what I'm selling for my sticky post. And then you look at it. If you like it, we'll talk. Inbox me. You can even got questions about that. Look, 3 to $7, I think a lot of folks, I try to make it economical. But at the same time, I actually make an actual profit. Because I put money up front to produce these items. So I should. It's an investment. I should get something. I don't know if you have a business. But I like to think that you want what you put in it and what you pay yourself. You should get it. And people tell you, oh, I can go somewhere else. Let those people go. Because they are not worthy of your time and energy to argue or try to convince them. Nope. I've sold, like, I'm sure you have a number of stuff you sold from an artist. I've sold 457 items since I've gotten back into doing my art part-time. 
now that I'm full-time getting a lot more uh, clientele, I'm not sure I got all this extra time now. And I'm very grateful, very grateful. I've done two art gallery shows through Canvas Art Crawl Community. I don't know if they still exist. It's every th Thursday a free art gallery show. Well, I got to do that with all my arts and sold half that night, 40-something pieces that night. I got to sell that. And it was, I get humble when I talk about the whole word of giving and support because I was help along the way. I was living in a shelter when I first got here in Jersey and embraced my art and embraced the arts community, community and the art community embraced me back. And my work, 40-something pieces in a trailer, was produced. I paid, you want to know how much I paid for that? Zero. Dreams can happen, by the way. Dreams can manifest. Miracles can manifest. But we have to believe. Like, I didn't know how to get the money to produce all that stuff. The frames, 40-something frames, 48 frames, 48 pictures, 8 by 10. I had no idea how I was going to do that. Some, another Christian who know about me, I'm not going to say his name. But I can tell you what organization he was for. For those who live in Jersey, hi again. But those who don't live in Jersey, I still say hi to you and welcome you to contact them. The Joseph House Shelter. Very rugged when I say the Joseph House Shelter because it's a rough, rough, rough area. And um, a personnel there who still works there paid for those pictures to be produced. That was a beautiful year, 2016. And he paid for the frames to get produced. All I had to do was frame it and mount it up and put it up the day before. And that's what happened. And also, her name is Trish. She actually got me a decent outfit to wear to my art gallery show. And I had to be free for a minute. Meaning, I had to, well, speak up. Tell a story about how I captured these pieces. And basically sell that work is what certain personnel has told me, and I've done that, and I repeatedly do it. I make money for my art, not just fun. See, some people say, oh, you do that creatively, like you do that freely. Yeah, I have fun doing it. I'm supposed to, but I'm also supposed to make a profit off of it. And I have to tell you a little secret. If you ain't figured out how to produce your work, get around other artists. Find out how they learn. I didn't know how to make money. I didn't even know the business. People were robbing my ass back and forth because I didn't know what I was worth. When you don't know what you worth, people take full advantage of that, by the way. They do, because you know people are slimy, some dirty people. Everybody isn't bad, though. When I say the words give, I talk about what do I give to. I give to the arts because if it wasn't for people who gave to me, I could not have a successful business that I have currently today. I can tell you step by step, how people have blessed me. I'm going to make it, try to make it quick. By the way, get you a pen and paper. Yes, you. Get you a pen and paper and write down when to give. Actually, have a date. How much you would like to give and to what organization. Small story. I was living in the shelter, Right? This is before I got my TRA. For those who don't live in Jersey, that is t uh, temporary 
rental assistance, T-R-A, temporary rental assistance. They pay for 12 months of your place through 600 Market. For those of y'all who don't know, that's the New Jersey Camden area. Well, it's the New Jersey Camden area. And it's social, is it social services? And I also qualify for welfare until I got a job. Well, I got a job. Okay, before I got a job, they also give you, see, Jersey do things a lot different. They give you insurance, and I know this because I stayed here, so I know. They give you insurance, very good insurance. They give you, well, the money sucks. The cash is under under 300 well over under $300. The food stamps is the max because you're homeless. All that. Insurance. You ain't got to worry about if you get sick or if you have to get an appointment for like a checkup or whatever the case may be to take care of you. Mental health, physical health, whatever it is that you need taken care of, Jersey got your back. Now, insurance is kind of high here. Our taxes, okay, it is, but it's the truth. I ain't lying if I want to complain about something, but I'm talking about Jersey and what they do for their people now. There's no such thing as a TRA rental. They complain a lot about doing this service, but you know what? As long as the state do support us, I feel like if you're in that position, you should take full advantage of it. I say squeeze the system like some people do. Some people like make a living off of that shit. I ain't saying I do. I just knew because I lived here before that it was that was something that was available. Let me tell you how I knew this is where I was supposed to go. Before I left. I contacted um, social services here in Jersey and I told them I didn't have my birth certificate but I had my ID and I was concerned but they were really concerned about me. I told them my story about how I was on the strip of Vegas begging for money and that's how I survived but they were real concerned about the whole domestic violence my ex-husband keep following me stalking me catching the same bus as me Attacking me in broad daylight at the area, I used the pin handle on those who live in Vegas. Hello, my Nevadians, for those who are listening. I used to live, well, basically slept there sometimes until I got my money. And I had experiences where I fell asleep and the money in my cup that I had is completely gone. People who home, Some homeless people are horrible. You homeless, you still from a homeless person, that's horrible. You know, like I know, you out here like me, but yet you feel like you can take from other people. And there's some sick people. Sick people are everywhere. When I say the word sick, they can help it, meaning they know better. Some tourists, it could have been a homeless or a tourist, that that cup is completely empty. So it tells me that money was taken when I fell asleep. So I learned real quick to stop doing that shit to me, <laughs> to guard my money. You know, it wasn't a whole bunch. Sometimes it was decent. Sometimes it was like real bad. You're praying for more. You had people giving, talking about the subject giving. People would give me food. People would give me water. I remember being on the wind slash fashion show mall. Slash, it's a wind. Wind is the wind hotel casino. Wind slash fashion show bridge. It actually has a label on the bridge. You see it's written in metal. It says wind fashion show bridge. That's what it's made. So it's written in metal. The point I'm making to you is um, people who worked in the casino, people who worked at the fashion show mall were actually taught to me. 
and were kind to me and would bring me water. They were afraid for me. Well, see, for you in 120 degrees weather, they know how it is. It's hot. So my lips used to be cracked from the heat. I experienced that. I, remember, I never did receive sunburn, though. I have to say, I hate to sound a little cocky, but my father's very dark skinned. So I look a lot like my dad's side of the family. And because of my nutrients, I don't know if y'all know, but it's a, a nutrient called. Is it melatonin? It's not melatonin. It's melasomptin. Sorry to M. Okay. Beat me up for not knowing a nutrient, but I can tell you it's combative to the sun. Meaning, I'm not saying we don't get sunburn. I'm saying it's harder for us to get sunburn. You know how many Irish German people I know who, for whatever reason, fell asleep in, at the beach or wherever there's a lot of sun? Me who live in Jersey, we have beaches. They don't have that in Vegas. It's too dry. California has it. Me who went to San Diego, it's nice. It's real. If I had the money, that would be my home right now. But it's super expensive. And if you want to live a certain lifestyle, you need to have a certain amount of money. It's really that simple. So let me continue. When I would go through that whole stereo of, you know, living homeless and having a sign saying, help, I didn't go up to people because I'm too scared of people. I don't know they don't insult me some more because, you know, you have people that make fun of the homeless because it's so funny. They see people that's abandoned and unwanted and, you know, they look at people like they're less than people. When you start thinking that way, you have to question your own identity, in a sense, your own heart. I don't never want to be in that type of position. I don't want to never make that type of money that I get that ugly. Some people allow their, their possessions to possess them. And them people are little people, cowards. The coward move. You're going to pick on people who ain't got nothing. You don't know people's lifestyle and why they don't go to their family to support them. Everybody ain't got a big family. Um, not just a big family, but a decent family. Meaning, the family that don't support them. I was in that position. I was in that boat. I had family, but I was used to not supporting me. To me, it's like you expect something different and you're only really fooling yourself. Yeah, I have family members that got lawsuits at the time. I was homeless who gave me a nice zero and later told me because I couldn't help them. So it was a selfish thing. Not that I deserved it, no, but because I was homeless. Later being told that to my face, not like I heard somebody say, no, they said it themselves. I was hurtful to hear, but guess what? I'm out of that shit. I'm not homeless no more. So guess what? I'm in a give position. So sometimes I feel like God allows you to get blessed and see what you're going to do with it. That's just an opinion because I believe God is wise and he's excellent. He already know what I'm going to do with it anyways, but I feel like when we get blessed to the more and than enough that we can share, it's a test of our character. So I like to believe you're going to give. Hey, y'all keep giving to me. Me who sold 457 pieces of her art, not to count gigs and everywhere else. Like I've done a gig at Rutgers University and my other art gallery show I did was here at the Ritz Theater in Oakland City off the White Horse Pike. By the way, if you live in Jersey, come to the event. This Saturday, yes, on a Saturday, 12 to 3, the Ritz Theater, are, they have all these different artists in the area that are selling their items. Yeah, you can help 
support the community. That's the thing I love about Jersey that I did. I have to say, if you get it in Vegas, it's going to be in a form of a casino. You know, things like that. You're not going to get... Well, you did have people who had their little, like, trucks. Like, I remember seeing this guy. He was on his bike, which I thought was so cool. So cool. He was, I believe, Mexican. He sold his corn. It was so yummy. It, it was Parmesan cheese. It was, you know, steamed corn. Uh, you know, a, a little stalk of corn. Parmesan cheese. Looked like Kanye pepper on it with Parmesan cheese. It was a good mixture. And it was nice and moist. And he had it in this thing. And he would go through to people who knew in the neighborhood this is what the man did. You know, I didn't see a whole bunch of that. But I did see, I did see people selling stuff out their cars. When I say stuff, I mean reference to food, y'all. Okay, I'm just saying. Just in case somebody's mind went to left field. Um, I remember seeing um, different... Uh, Things like apanadas, um, a lot of um, burritos, tacos. You know, I was living in Las Vegas, so these are the things that these people are selling. And yes, they were Mexican. Uh, or they might have been Cuban. Or, I mean, the people who I know specifically were actually from Mexico. And, you know, you have to question things. Like some people say, well, why they come over here? You know, Nevada was one of the states that were a part of Mexico, by the way. I don't know if you were aware of that before America bought it. Nevada, I believe California, and it's another, Arizona, yes. Um, they were um, they were a part of Mexico before America bought it, by the way. So what, when another, whoever the person is, buys your country, a piece of your country, you're supposed to just leave, and all of a sudden they're immigrants? That's such bullshit. I'm sorry, that's how, no, I'm not sorry. That's how I feel. I don't feel like that's right. Like, okay, now y'all all all foreigners now. No. (laughs) Now, this is United States of America now. So you got to, I kind of get their point. You got to do according to the laws as law-abiding citizens. Yes. But I don't agree with, like, some of the things that we do to people who are foreign. And, like, the whole border situation and, it's a bit much. That's why sometimes I just unplug and get away from the news, period. So I talk about to the words, get back to the subject at hand, giving. Thank y'all for giving it to my work. Thank you for allowing me to advertise. I also have something called art mugs. Y'all might be interested in. I sell for 15 to $20. The really big ounces, like 13 ounces, I sell for 20 And the small ones, like 11 ounces, I sell for 15 now, if you're interested, these are images that I've altered as well. As well as images that I have. I have a 3D image. Come, can't wait for that. Oh my gosh. Because I know we don't produce a whole bunch of 3D pictures. I have 3D 8x10s. And I have the, in a frame of a 3D 2-inch frame. 8x10. It's kind of, okay, it's spectacular. I call it, um, do I have a, this is my first time renaming it. My my first 3D purple picture. Maybe I should call it that because it's purple. And it's a, actually like a triple shot. Not even 3D, it's triple. So you should check it out for yourself and see what I'm talking about. But you, I'm going to produce images on, while I am specifically producing images on um, a coffee mug. So check that out as well. Let's get back to who should you give to and why. I've given to other organizations, and I can tell you who I give to now. NIVA, that stands for, I think I just told you already. I read it to you and all that wonderful stuff. Like, I need to hear all that. But 
let's support our artists. I'm an artist myself. So, of course, I have a little bit more. I've been taking good care of my money lately. And I think I'm getting back into investment, y'all, through Fidelity.com. Y'all check out Fidelity.com. There's other places like Robinhood that you can buy stock for really cheap. See, I'm going to tell you, Fidelity is a little expensive versus Robinhood. Robinhood, I don't think it's a whole bunch of startup. It's not a huge amount of startup. It's the cost of trading, which I have not done. I've only bought stock. I have not actually started trading. It's $9.99. You might say $10, okay? So I'm just saying $10 in my head. But the great thing about them, you get what you pay for, meaning you get all this advice. And if you go to Fidelity.com, look them up. I'm not talking about the insurance. Let me reference to what the stock. You can actually give me your information, like your bank information, your, you know, the bank account number and the round number, right? So you give them your information. Once you give them your information, they have your account. And, and, there is an and. You can use something called research. They have different things there that's completely free. And I like free, by the way. They say you're supposed to research the stock for two months. I don't do two months. I do six months. Okay. Sometimes I do a year. It all depends on the stock and how much I am willing to invest. And what return would I like? This is what I look for. They say, oh, look for a month and then you invest. Sometimes some of us, like myself, ain't willing to gamble like that. You, this is what I was taught. And this is through a bank that taught me this. If you want to invest in something, you take 10% of what you already got saved. Therefore, you won't be tempted to take your money out. I have a Fidelity account, and that's completely free. That, it, that information is completely free. So let's say you got 4000 in the bank. I'm just really, you know, spitballing at you because I'm a lot of I was saying got 4000 in the bank. Take 10%. I don't even dare to say take half of 10%. Take five. If you got four grand in the bank, take $200. 250 it all depends on what you desire to gain. There's certain companies. I'm going to even give you some. Um, I know I should be doing this for free. So I'm going to give you some stock options here. Because it's really important to know how to give it yourself before you get anybody else. So I'm going to give y'all some stock options. Go to Fidelity.com. They have so many things. From British Petroleum to Weight Watchers to Visa. Visa is accepted everywhere. There's two car companies I noticed. And it's like for, I'm gonna tell you two car companies and a restaurant that I noticed that are, I haven't seen a plumbing, I haven't seen them be in the red, but they're in the green, that means a surplus as a profit. I've looked for years at Visa. And Visa has been consistent. And yes, I'm advised you to buy the stock at Visa. How much they go for? It's a small percentage, but you're paying like almost $200, very close to $200 for their stock. And that's the current rate right now. It's like $198. I've been looking. Of course, I want to invest in like big places like Amazon. I haven't found got it going on. They're at 30, not 30, I'm sorry, 3500 I think last time I checked, which is just yesterday. I have a 
a big list. They have these different research lists that you name yourself, that you pick out like the little abbreviation like BP, British Petroleum. And um, so I'm telling you, Visa has been consistent. I just started watching American Express. American, by the way, Visa is a surplus and it's been consistent. Of course it would be. Then I noticed American Express, there's a surplus on that one. I noticed there's a lot of different, I did like probably several different stock uh, research groups. And another place, now this place specifically is somewhere close to my heart because there's a time I used to own stock with them. So of course I'm gonna look and see what's going on with them, right? It's a company called Yum. Look up Y-U-M, Yum. Like I said before, if you're gonna give to somebody, give it yourself first. So this is me giving you a stock tip. Yum, at one fifty something right now. It's a surplus. They were not at yum at uh, one fifty, so there's a profit, and they're in the green, and they've been consistently in the green. So now I'm telling you three different companies that I know I'm going to invest in in due time and season. I will. Now, Yum, the reason why it's so personal to me because Tamika once worked there. Yum is three companies. It is Taco Bell. It is KFC. And this Pizza Hut, that's all the same company. They're doing pretty good. So, long story short, that's who you want to invest, give to your investment accounts, to them. You can look for yourself. Like I said, Fidelity has free researchers, so you can look for yourself. Um, do your own list of different companies. And uh, there's certain companies I invest in that are not in the green, but... I know this Yum has been consistent, so I will advise you to go for Yum and Visa in America. I would say you might want to question American Express because I haven't been watching it that long, but um, Visa for sure has been in the, in the green, and you want it in the green. You might still say in the green and not in between. You know where I get that from, right? Don't be missing the side by drinking your juice in the hood. Me who love comedy can't, can't imagine that. I don't think I'm that funny, but I do enjoy the Wayne Brothers. Anybody else out there feel that way? Let's get back to the giving. Give. So the reason why I give because I have more than enough. My rent is paid. Very blessed to be able to do that. It's something to be able to happen to me. God forbid. Like I can't pay my bills. I don't get unemployment no more. I have money pushed to my account. That would be the smart thing, right? Even though I get bored and start shopping on Amazon. How to catch myself. <laughs> Stop doing that, you know? Anybody else out there feel that way? So you got your pen and paper? So who do you give to? Why do you give to them? It may be your kids. It may be you. Give to yourself first. And no, it's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Don't feel guilty unnecessarily. So organizations like the Salvation Army in Las Vegas, I will be gladly giving to them. So I'll give to the NIVA because I support them. I give to the Ritz Theater because they're having a program here, 12 to 3 o'clock. Completely free. Of course, admissions is free. Ain't no ticket involved. Practicing safe distance. Everybody is doing it. Wearing their mask. And we'll have a good time. And they're going to present artists. Featuring new artists in the area. And you get to buy some of their work. And it's actually pretty phenomenal. They're going to have food vendors, I think. Or they said the word vendors. So I'm assuming food. Maybe I like to eat. But anyway, the point I'm making is. It's going to be a good time. So if you live in Jersey, you may want to, or the tri-state area, you might want to come on down. Look it up. Go online, Facebook maybe. The Ritz Theater 
is having a sale, something that you want to be a part of. I am going to be a part of it. They let me do my second art gallery show that I was able to do was actually at the Ritz Theater. Yes, I paid for my own my own stuff, like my 8x10 double matted frames. Amazon's a great place to go. Michael, well, you want to save money. And you don't have that type of money. Like Michael's, Michael's will charge you five grand or more for 20-something frames. And I'm going give you a, you know, a discount. Look, I don't like that. Don't play games with me. When I have, I told you this is my budget. But you want to act like you give me a, no, because you're selling something to me. I found out how to double frame, framing for myself. Through, if Bruce, are you listening? Thank you so much for helping your local talented people here like myself. I live maybe, I'd say, a half hour in walking from my school. If you drive in 10 minutes, the wrist theater is literally like seven minutes from in walking distance from the Ritz Theater. They used to go to my Jenny's Elementary. I miss y'all so much. The point is, I miss the kids. The point is, within the community, they actually helped me. They actually helped me get my work off the ground in this new, because first I was staying in Camden. Now I stay in, Oh, y'all don't care where I stay at, right? It don't really matter. And yes, y'all support me. So thank y'all for all the support and love and admiration right here. I thank you, by the way. And you got your pen and paper. So who do you give to and why? Some people are really picky. Look, I'm going to tell you something. I don't agree with everything my mom taught me, but she said this to me. When you give to somebody, and you know what? It's, kind, it's actually 100% true. When you give to somebody, she said... You don't care if they wipe their ass with it. Okay, I kind of do care, but I don't care. Meaning, if I, let's say it's you don't want to get like $5, okay? And you take it and you buy stuff that I don't like you buying. You know, that's not my business no more because I gave to you. Seriously, that's how you have to look at it. So, I think if you're going to do something, like put your money into it, it should be fun. You should really enjoy it because it's your money that you've been get you earned you should literally have fun the fees of your labor should be something that you enjoy it should be another gift behind it meaning I enjoy what I do with my whatever it is that you labor off to and who you give to so I give to also the Salvation Army in Las Vegas Nevada why because I stayed there why because I'm giving back I'm one of those people that actually went back Took pictures, of course, going across the country on the Greyhound. America's actually really pretty. I don't know if y'all ever did cross country, but I love going cross country. So, you know, there's a lot of complaining in the world going on today. It really is. And it makes me, irritates the hell out of me because a lot of times people complain about the problem, even though you can be a part of the answer. It's literally no in between. You can be the answer. Or part of the problem. And to me, the problem is complaining all the damn time. And complaining is not saying, like, for example, somebody hurts you and you go out and they offend you and you didn't like it, the, the disrespect matter or whatever. It's not saying that you complain. That's not a complaint. Some people don't know what the freak, I'm trying not to curse, they talking about. Like, I've heard, uh, 
I don't know if y'all aware of this, but I'm going to go ahead and share this with you. I am African-American. I'm a Christian. I'm African-American. And I have met people. And I actually heard people say the dumbest shit about African-Americans. If you wanted to know about some dumb shit that African-Americans have done, I can tell you. I'm, I've done some dumb shit myself, okay? I'm going to be honest, you know, but it's not because I'm African-American. because I lack wisdom. I've heard people say, oh, they always complaining. I don't know every person you're talking about, but if you're making reference to an African-American not being discriminated against, and he's supposed to like it, and like, not say a fucking thing, that's nuts, excuse me for cursing, but that's fucking insane, if you're thinking that, sorry, I know it's not you that's saying it, I'm just saying, I've heard with the media, and they're some of these people they let talk on the media and they think African Americans complain a lot. They always complain a lot. Well, stop discriminating against people. Stop tormenting them. Stop degrading them to make yourself feel good. Then you will have a different result. Instead of complaining about us crying about y'all hurting us, that's all we saying that y'all hurting us. That's really it. And oh yeah, stop it. That's it. That's really it. Not because we come. I have to, and somebody pitched me, I have the right to say ouch. It's really that simple. And anyone else tell me I shouldn't say ouch, you're a sick person. When I was a teenager, growing up, yes, I'm one of those people that didn't have the, what you call the best family, even though today my sense of morality has changed because I've gotten around different people and I've learned different things, right and wrong. That's the great thing about being grown and being 40 years old. So the point I'm making is, one of the things used to get me upset, among other things, in that unfortunate situation that I was in, was they'll hurt you and they get mad at you for being scared. They'll hurt you and get mad at you for crying. Like, or they say, oh, you can't get angry. I hate that phrase. That's some psychotic shit. I'm just gonna hold shit in. And throw it off on the world. That's a lot of people that's like that. But everybody ain't like that. So when I talk about giving, you can give with a compliment. You can fix your mouth to say something kind to them. Compliment them. There's been I don't know if you have struggles with depression, but there's been times with Tamika herself who struggles with depression and suicidal ideation, I'm being honest. Can you be honest about it? And who do you give to? You got your answers ready? And the reasons why, if you want to, if you would like to, write down the reason why you would like to give. Not just because Christmas is around the corner, because some people are like that. They give seasonal. Only when the season's greeting, you know. I was taught old school people, and I thought this was so cool. They'll treat you a certain way when it's around Christmas time. They'll treat you more sweeter and kinder around this, this season. But I think the season of giving is literally any day that you feel giving, that you feel charitable, if you want to say that, if you enjoy being kind. Like I said, you could just be really kind. Like, you know, see, a girl, like some of us girls are horrible. Don't, we too, some of us, not all of us now, some of us are so jealous and so insecure we cannot look past the bullshit we're going through or have been through so we don't speak up and some guys are like that too i've heard guys talk shit about other guys because they dressed a certain way because they driving a certain car come on y'all probably heard too but i'm just saying 
It's hurtful to see people act a certain way when you can choose to be giving. And it don't require Christmas to be required. I'm talking to all people, not just Christian people. Even though there's a part of me that wants to believe that Christians will give to me. Because I believe of the same household of faith, we should take care of one another. But we should take care of humanity first. So if God puts it on your heart to do such a thing, do it. So I've done art gallery shows. I've done one in 2016. And someone was charitable to me. Someone paid for 45 pieces of my work and to be produced 8 by 10s and the framing. I never did framing before, but I did it that day because someone else paid for 45 pieces of my images to be framed. Yes, me. I was living on a cot in 5-5 Atlantic. Those live in Jersey. Know where that's at? The rough, 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 rough area. Oh, God. Very rough. You were like, it's just bad. It's not all things are bad. When in that community where there's literally a garbage um, dumpster area, literally across the street from, it's like across on the corner to the next corner. You'll see it. You'll hear like the machines and everything. But the point I'm making is 5-5 Atlantic. And I'm not going to tell you the person's name who gave to me. But I don't forget. And I should not forget. I was living on a cot. That was my bed. And not only did I get people sponsoring me like that, and y'all still sponsor me today, and I thank you for it. I still have people from Joseph House still who work at the shelter actually come to my RW shows that I represent. So, where do you give? Who do you give? You, like I said, you give a compliment. You can give your time and energy. If you ain't got money, you might got some time like a lot of us. What do you want to give to? I would say someone who's, yes, practicing social distancing. Yes, everybody's wearing gloves and having face masks on. You should, I feel like now it is essential. They say essential workers. I feel like everybody's essential worker personally. But, um, mm. The butter is take care of your life, not only your life, but other people's life. If you need a reason to take care. If you're like, well, I'm American, I can do what I want. You know, I feel like some of these stupid, I call it the idiot parties, these parties to purposely catch COVID-19. Good Lord. If that's not reckless on purpose to not just you, but the community is staying, that's not helping the contagious problem that's going on across the board. It's a second wave going on. Y'all know that. Come on. Y'all live in the United States of America. Good Lord. It's a second wave going on. And this is everywhere. Not just in Jersey. Not just in my home state. Because I've been talking to people. Like I said, I got folks from Detroit. Still stay in Detroit. It's going on and it's scary. And I don't want nobody to catch it. So, if you're going to conduct any type of business, long social distancing is involved first. So everything else is secondary. So that's the way we're going to, we have to continually conduct our business. And I advise you to keep wearing your mask. And I give you kudos. And I thank you for keep having that mindset that we got to protect each other. Because our community, our civilization at hand, is worth it. It's worth it. I don't think politics are 
fully aware of or capable of, well, their politics. They didn't go to school to be a doctor or a nurse. This was not a profession they chose. It wasn't. It was politics. It's, you, most of them are lawyers or former lawyers, right? And they were senators. Well, some of them, not all of them, our current elected official, even though we don't know who's going to be the president. I'm hoping nobody wins, personally. But that's just what I want. I'm not God here. God knows what's best for us. He's doing a whole bunch of stuff that don't make any sense. Our current, you know, elected official. I'm not against Trump. I'm just against celebrated stupidity. And I feel like with racist people, I think that's celebrated stupidity. I can understand it was back in the day and like it was completely illegal to do segregation and to create a sense of nation of people and not just black people. It was people who were of color. If you were Latino and your hair was kind of kicky and you looked it like you mixed, because a lot of Latino people look kind of mixed, they were degraded. And I don't know if it was talked about a lot growing up, but I can tell you people who I've met who are Latina, Latino, who told me what they went through, how they had to go in the back doors like the black people and other restaurants and hotels, etc. But let's get off of that. Let's talk about the whole word give. Why do you choose to give? So I give to the NIVA. I also give to the Salvation Army and North Las Vegas because I actually know the people. I know the homeless coordinator and I know the problems, the struggles at that shelter. They they give, they do a variety of things. They do education. They have a campus where they supply a hostel. It's a paid dorm. It's $20 a night. They supply breakfast and dinner at night. And they have a church on the campus. And, and they also educate the people who want to work. People who want to work. And it's a 98% job placement. That's huge. They pay for you going to school for culinary and they have a dorm for two people at a time and it's completely free. The state pays for it. So and they have a cafeteria on the campus that they you can have pizza. You pay them with your food stamps by the way, which is wonderful in that community. I was a party for I stayed there for three years, so I would know. The point I'm making I stayed in Vegas for eight but I was homeless for three of those years. So I was chronically homeless, meaning consistent. The point is, that's not the story I live today. And because three Christian women came to me in, in Vegas and seen me penthouse on the strip of Las Vegas, asking what the hell was I doing, what I was doing, and why was this man following you, attacking you in broad daylight? They were talking about my ex-husband, by the way. Yeah, I went through that shit. That was not fun. It was horrible. Anyway. So I, out of compassion and empathy, and they're Christian women from not even from this country, tourists, they're for a wedding, paid for a warrant ticket to keep me out of Las Vegas. Yeah, talk about God having favor on your life. Now I'm not homeless, so what I do, I help other people. So I also help South Jersey Food Pantry. And so who do you help? Who would you like to help? And I support the arts because I'm an artist myself. I'm totally that with you. Who do you help? Who would you like to help? This has been Who to Give, How to Give, Why to Give podcast show. Over and out. Check one, check two. How are you? The first thing I want to say is thank you. 
Welcome to a Tamika Michelle podcast show, and we're going to talk about the homeless. The homeless. Who is the homeless? Why are they homeless? How many homeless? There's so many questions to be asked, but before we go in too deep, I would like for you to get yourself a pen and a paper. Take notes, answer questions. And this is the first question. You ready? Let's go right in real quick. Why is there homeless? Who is homeless? So I'm asking two questions. Why is there homeless? Who is homeless? What does homeless look like to you? So that's a third question. What does homeless look like to you? Why is there homeless? Who's homeless? And I'm going to try to answer those questions the best of my ability. Well, I have life experience. Three years of going through it and four years of being out of it. It's because you're homeless don't mean you don't have the ability to get out of it. A lot of people are broken. I'm going to say it again. A lot of people are broken, and that's why they're homeless. And do not think homelessness only affects a certain type of people, meaning some people who are like the scapegoat will blame the homeless for the problems of the world. I've heard them say things like, oh, they're all drug addicts. Not true, because I'm not a drug addict. <laughs> not an addict at all. I just lacked the ability to be stable. How did that happen? Well, me being three years homeless. One, I was working, by the way. There's a such thing called the working poor. It's people who are earning way below the amount of their rents, and they can't afford their rents. Like, I was a part of that. When my hours got cut and I did not quit, like a lot of people did at this particular place, I worked for Walmart, a 24-hour Walmart in Vegas on Boulder Highway. For those who don't know Vegas, thank you all my people that came and support this podcast show and listening about the homeless. I notice a lot of people don't talk about the homeless, meaning they help the poor. The homeless. I don't see a whole bunch of people helping those who are in need in a sense of going to the homeless directly. I think it takes a special person, honestly, to care enough, to have empathy enough to help the homeless. I'm going to say this real quick. So who's homeless? Why are they homeless? And what does homeless look like to you? Is homeless to you... A specific ethnic group because I've seen homeless in every nationality. I won't say every. I say, let's see, the Hispanic community, the African American, because I am African American very proudly, community, white people, we're talking the Irish, the German, I'm trying to think anything else. Every sexual, heterosexual, homosexual, or try anything sexual, definitely, yeah, all, all the above. Um, I've seen the insane, the crazy, and just someone who's, they say down or lucky, just like I said, I was underly employed. I wasn't even in a shelter, folks. People say, how did that happen? 
Well, you can't afford the place you're staying at. It's real simple. If you cannot afford enough and the state don't supply the paying your rent because you fall on a hard time, right? My state that I lived in at that time did not supply that need to get on my feet. That need, and I was about to be evicted, and I wanted to live with a boyfriend, and he was a jailbird, so of course it didn't work out because he kept getting arrested. And I didn't want to get involved any longer with him, and I felt like any person, if you're in love with somebody, I can't tell you how to feel. I definitely am not wanting to tell someone how to feel. You can love that person, but you can push away for your own sanity, for your own stability. Because if you let the wrong people do it, they will suck you dry. They will take you for all you got till you have literally nothing. All I had after my ex-husband was pain. One word. Much grievance and pain. Yeah, I went to domestic violence. I admit it. I actually did some research, by the way. Most women who go through domestic violence are the ones who are homes all the time. Because they're in and out of fight and leaving the guy, I come back. Leaving the guy, I come back. And that was me. That was Tamika. That was as many women. And I will say men, too, because men go through it, too. By the way, they do. And so who's homeless? How does homeless look like to you? Let's, let's go about it through the three questions. Did you get your piece of paper? Did you get your pen? Let's talk about, let's chat about the homeless. Who, what does homeless look like to you? So if you think homes are just people who do alcohol, who are drunks is what they call them, right? Drunks, alcoholics, um, people who are drug addicts, people who just wear messed up clothes and they want to be rummy. Because I've heard people say stuff like that. And they ask for this life. And I don't believe that. I know better. Because I know I didn't ask for it. But I got somehow I got stuck in it for three years. But I knew people who was in it for ten years. I knew people who've been in it for twenty years. Mm-hmm. I've known people who gotten out of being homeless and left Las Vegas and got right back into it. Came right back to what they knew. Yeah. More than one, by the way. But does that make you bad at them because I'm in my own place and I'm not homeless? No, it doesn't make me better. Like, who, excuse me, I'm sorry. Who am I to judge anybody? To say, when I say the word judge, people say, I don't judge people. Do you understand what the hell you're saying? Some people say stuff and just to be hearing yourself talking. I realize that. But when I say I don't judge, meaning I can't say what your value, what your worth, only God, and I would say you, the individual of sound mind and heart can make that call. Besides that, I don't I don't look at people like I know I'm better than you because I have a I have a place. I live in the suburbs and my life is good. I'm doing my art. I'm doing my business. This is something I chose to do. You know what? And be honest with you for a minute. If I didn't have it so bad, I wouldn't have to dream so big. Mm, you heard what I said, right? If I didn't have it in life so bad I wouldn't have to dream so big. Everything has a purpose in it. Meaning, some of us can go through all this mess in their life. If it be homeless, abuse, whatever it is. And that can actually churn them 
determine them. But you know what? I think we all have a, a sense of determination about ourselves and our focus need to be in the right direction. Where is your focus? Where is your direction? I hope it's in the right direction for your sake, for your family's sake, your loved one's sake, and most importantly, for your sake. Yes, the most important person is actually you. And I love the Lord, but he wanted me to love myself first. I didn't realize that until I started having an actual fellowship with him. And started understanding his nature that is so loving. That of course he wants us to love ourselves. Not in a vain, glorious way, but to understand our worth and our value. He know what type of world we're in and how people act and how they're going to treat us if we keep letting it happen. You know, there's some things we're not responsible for, like someone who lies to you, meaning some people, when they get married, y'all know who I'm talking about, if y'all met them, they change faces on you. If you can't accept that they're this type of person, meaning abusive, you need to get out the marriage. You need to get out the marriage. And some people say, well, I'm staying for the kids. Don't be lying like that. Don't lie to those kids like that. See, I'll talk about being homeless. And I'll say, I'm grateful for my parents. Well, first of all, yeah, because God commends that I do that, number one. Number two, I've seen a three-year-old little girl that was homeless in East L.A. living in a tent. My mother was constantly moving. She went through the same crowd I went through, and she had her kids, her four kids, 10 years. I love my daddy. Don't think I don't. I still do. We know he's deceased. I love the memory of him. And we look so much alike. It's written completely on my face. <laughs> the point I'm making, all jokes aside, besides me being a daddy's girl, um, my mom made her choices. And she would tell us she stayed because of the kids. I don't think if you're a mother, I can't tell you who to love and how to love your husband. That is not my place. But I can tell you, if you put up with that, you're just making things harder for the kids. If you put up with that, you're forcing those kids to be in that nightmare. So this is why I say that's such bullshit, that she stayed because she loved him, even though it may have been wrong in the sense of, well, you're putting other people's lives at stake beyond your own. But if you don't have kids with this person, this is how I see get out. It, don't let you having kids be an excuse. I'm not saying leave the kids. Oh, my God, no. But I am saying for everyone else ha being happy and safe, it was a good idea to, to, to sever that problem that you were having with the guy. If you were dealing with that, that's just how I see homelessness. There's a lot of women that are battered, that are homeless. And I didn't know that is actually a risk factor of being with somebody that is abusive. You're constantly on the move because you want to be safe. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. There's nothing wrong with having those desires, those type of desires. So who's homeless? It's the homeless. It's the abused. It's the unjust and confused. It's so many reasons why she keeps putting up with that. You don't know what type of family that woman may have. I've heard people say, oh, she acts for it. She like it. What type of shit is that? It gets me mad when I hear that. Like, you're literally abusing the victim some more. 
I do not blame a victim. A victim is someone who is being tormented. You don't know what type of family she has. I ain't have no family, folks. I mean, I got a family, but I don't. Meaning, yeah, my ex-husband had an advantage because I didn't have family protecting me. I didn't at all support me, but I was used to it. I was used to doing everything on my own. So, of course, I got, I'm looking at the logic of how I went back to the old me being abused. And people who are abusive, they pick their prey like an animal hunting you. Yeah, that's something else. So, let me get off the whole abuse. I'm talking about what I went through. But I'm going to tell you what I see outside of me. I see a lot of kids who are homeless. I seen a three-year-old who was homeless in East L.A. And what did I do? It made me to be an advocator. It made me be an advocate for this three-year-old when I went to L.A. trying to catch another bus to get to Las Vegas. The bus canceled. A, a guy and I was really calling the Flix bus, and they canceled because of COVID-19. And somebody, I guess the driver got sick. They just completely canceled going to Las Vegas. And um, that left me stranded for maybe a half hour. And we called a cab. We shared a cab. And we went to the Mexican bus station in 6th and Wall Street. 6th and Wall Street. The things that I've seen on 6th and Wall Street. That's exactly where the bus station is. a Greyhound slash Mexican bus station. They check everybody with COVID-19. That's how we do business now. Everybody get checked. Everywhere you go is really weird, I think. I'm not exactly fond of it, but it is necessary. They actually put the little thing in your eye, and they check you. Everywhere you go in Cali, everywhere you go in Las Vegas. And when I was in Vegas and did my interview, it became a hot state, and they closed the state hours after I got on the bus, the Greyhound bus. They closed the state. Nobody can go in and out of it. Scary situation. A lot of people were scared, freaking out. Cause a lot of people were actually from Vegas and they were traveling to visit somebody. And they were so scared. All these other places and businesses were closed, shut down. So they became a hot state. But it put a lot of people in a giant sense of anxiety, fear. And let me get off of that. I mean, I'm, I have to acknowledge what's going on in society. I have to acknowledge what's going on in the atmosphere. I acknowledge that because... Well, we live in a world. This is my podcast show, yes. And I do thank you for coming. And sometimes, yes, I don't want to hear nothing about the world. I don't want to deal with the world. Yeah. Sometimes I want to lock myself up and throw away the key for a week or two. Sometimes I feel that way. And I know some of y'all might feel that way. So let's talk about how does homeless look. I didn't know homeless looked like kids. Looked like the youth. That was not something I wanted to see. But I seen it in East L.A. And because of my heart and because of what I went through. And plus, I know she's so young, three years old. You ain't got no voice. By the law, you can't go get a job. It's illegal. Okay? And you're living in a tent. And she just come out playing with a car. So how does homeless look to me? I'm telling you the answer. Homeless can be black, white, Chinese. Because I actually befriended some Chinese friends. And Japanese. I'm telling you what I went through in Vegas. The point I'm making is homeless is every nationality. I befriended people who were Japanese, Chinese women, particularly, 
I'm not saying they were in domestic violence. Well, one was and one wasn't. The Chinese was in domestic violence. Actually, a Taiwanese. So she was Taiwanese, Chinese. There was three different women. One was Taiwanese, if I'm saying that correctly, excuse me. Chinese and Japanese. And, of course, because I'm in Vegas, it's a giant community of Latinos, Mexican, Cuban, Puerto Rican, you name it, it's there. Right there in Nevada. People from Hawaii. People from, um, trying to think of the country, hold on. Uh, Samoa. Samoan. Samoan, I'm not saying the right part, I'm saying it wrong. Um, but I just know it's another island outside of Hawaii. They were homeless too. Beautiful, gorgeous women. Probably go, I don't even know why you're here. Like in my mind, because you look like that. Like the world is open to you. In my head, it's like, okay, don't judge. Don't say anything. But a lot of them girls, majority of them are homeless for different reasons. And one woman I knew who was Taiwanese, her husband blacked her eyes so much. I had a black eye before. But blacked her eyes so much that she had to get reconstructive surgery. If you seen her face, and she talking to you being just as friendly, and that side of her left side of her face is basically closed up in different colors, swollen. Reconstructive surgery was done to correct the problem. She actually liked me, you know. She actually gave me um, postcards. I wish I had it now. She picked certain people that she liked because she had to go back to her country to get stuff because it was an emergency situation I don't know the whole scenario I didn't ask questions and she got her dog and they let her keep they had a Noah's they still have it Noah's Ark is a animal shelter connected to shade tree but it's a shelter that I keep telling people don't you ever donate to them because you if you donate cash they're gonna put it right in their pocket and this is not an assumption if you work for the homelessness it's like I did mm-hmm who actually went to class before their training class. 13 hours an hour is supposed to get. It added up to 50-something dollars. Mm-hmm. Guess who got nothing? I didn't know Shade Tree was involved in that. Because if I knew Shade Tree was involved with that, they said you have to get paid to your shelter. And I'm like, what? So they knew I was at, you know, and other girls who were there, they knew I was at Shade Tree, and they didn't tell me like to after we were done. They said, "Oh, you pay your check, your uh, money, your cash money from the shelter." I'm like, "Damn, I know I ain't getting it, cause they're known for being shady, and they gonna give me a gift card instead of the cash money I earned and went out for." So apparently, being homeless, you could be employed, but underemployed. And you can be fifty dollars for who get me an apartment. But I found me a job. I wound up working at I worked at a, a lot of places. Oh my gosh. A lot of tip agencies, like it's East Ridge. So being homeless, you can be working at tip agencies. If you probably have to work at a variety of one, unless you get really blessed and actually work full time somewhere and they actually keep you on. They normally just drop you for your ninety days and you be without a place. You know, um it's telling you what I went through. And I actually got a voucher. Vegas offer a one time voucher, once 
I think once a year, yes. Once a year, I can tell you this about Las Vegas, 702. They don't offer a whole bunch to the homeless. But if you are homeless because you got laid off of a reason, they say they don't need you no more or whatever the case may be, it's the truth is they drop you before you get any insurance, which, you know, 90-day probation, most states have it. It's a right-to-work state, and they can let you go literally for no reason at all. None at all in a right-to-work state. So, and Nevada is one of them. So, the point I'm making is I got to get that once-a-year check that only lasts for one month. And you're in a scummy, messed-up hotel, motel in Las Vegas, Nevada. So, apparently, being underemployed and going through these scummy, different tip agencies is not stability. Found my answer right there. So, being... Uh, unemployed and you know we work for a job for a month you know we don't get any unemployment don't know what the rules are here in COVID-19 but um Vegas has certain type of rules if you ain't worked so long in a place you get no unemployment and I got no unemployment but I did get a check a lot of people I knew in Vegas were doing scummy things with that check that knew somebody who owns some property and they just signed the paper says they're staying here. They're going to be staying here. And you approve of them staying there. And they get the check and y'all share the check. That's like a big scam in Las Vegas. But I didn't do that. I actually took the check to the different motels they suggested. Social services had a Clark County. Clark County welfare food stamps. All you can get is food stamps extraordinarily basic insurance that's not good enough by the way um but you do get a voucher some people get it for six months if you're retired or you're disabled to a point you can't work they do six months or more but you're staying at a scummy hotel bed bug infested i'm telling you what i went through folks i laugh about it but so being homeless even when working is possible Working for a tip agency, the ones that are known for being scummy, well, you shouldn't work there if you're looking for stability. I was just looking for a job. I didn't think about the whole long term. That was more of an extraordinary short term end. So I worked at more tip agencies than I worked for companies like the Sahara Hotel Casino. And by the way, if you work for the casino, it is... You want to be on the casino, but, like, I have spinal issues from working there. And, like, I thank God I quit what I did because it could have been a lot worse. Today, I don't have those issues. I was starting to have pain, and that's why I stopped. Uh, if you pick up beds and do the hospital corners and stretch your arms and your back and literally picking up three beds to a room, things can happen. And you, oh, by the way, everybody's sweating from head to toe. Literally sweat drenching. Think about it from your face, all in your hair, all in your back. Your uniform you got on is sticking to your back because it's a wet spot there from the sweat. They feed you, but you work hard as hell. So housekeeping is not something I want to do. But I have to tell you, if you go to Las Vegas and you want a job, that's the job that will hire you first. If you don't have a record... That's the first job that will hire you because they do extensive background. I'm not exactly sure how it's going on now with the housing and with the, but homelessness looked like a child to me, a three-year-old I seen on East LA. 
6 and Wall Street to be specific. That's not too far from downtown. The Union Station, that is, the Union Station is the name of the station that is downtown L.A. I seen a three-year-old not too far from that. Now, right before you get to 6 and Wall Street, there is a, they call it a homeless ground. Because I advocated for this girl and... It took eight times of me calling before I got the right advocate to tell me they're going to go out and help her. I hope they do. I hope to God they do. When I was stranded in six in Wall Street, I seen a slew of tents. Literally a city of tents. I heard of Tent City, but I didn't ever see an actual city of, t- of tents back to back cross the street, back to back where houses ought to be. You see six blocks straight, it's nothing like it. And I want to know where, really, how bad it was in East L.A. I was told in San Francisco is bad like that, too. And they have kids and everything. I'm like, wow. And that's how they live their life. So you have literally homeless kids living in, in probably supposed to be a very rich state. I don't know what happened to California and why California... It's a good thing that they're surviving. Don't get me mixed up. It is a good thing they're surviving because I have to say, well, thank God they're still living. I'm trying to think about the positive versus the negative, you know. And the state is horrible. The state meaning any state, normally if you bank on any state, you're going to receive problems and frustration. And I received that when I was advocate for this homeless little girl, homeless little girl. So I seen, so you could be underly employed, you can be abused, only employed, and you could be a three-year-old innocent little girl, homeless. My heart drops when I say that because I think about a child, I think about her childhood. This is what she's growing up in. This is her life. So I hope they actually went out there and got her. Got her to help and get her parents off the streets. Or if it's a bigger problem. I know a lot of people don't want to get involved in people's business. I get that. But to me, a three-year-old, she's my business. She ain't my daughter, no. Nope. Mm-mm. But shame on those parents who allow their daughter to go through that. That's not an adventure you want to go through with your kids. I've met people, and I actually have a lot of respect for them, in Las Vegas, Nevada, that, well, they fell on hard times. They're a husband and wife team. And they said, and I met the mother, and I actually befriended the mom, and she said her kids is uh, with foster care until they can get on their feet. She said it's not those kids' fault. And I had so much a giant respect for her for being unselfish like that. You know, these people who allow their kids to go through it, there's a lot of foster parents that would take care of their kids temporarily until they get on their feet. And it was an agreement that her and her husband made that deal. I don't know how many kids they had, but it was definitely more than one. And she just felt like it's not fair to those kids that they make them suffer like that. And I met her at the Salvation Army. I used to stay at the Salvation Army in North Las Vegas, and I would say, advise you a community that helps out the homeless, I would tell you there are the people you want to look them up. Um, the artist, the artist, the homeless coordinator. Thank you for coming to this podcast show. We're discussing homeless and what is homeless, 
Why is there homeless and what does homeless look like to you? Now, I'm going to ask another question. Please tell me I got your pen and paper. No, you ain't got to tell me, but you, I hope you're following. I really hope you're following because it's important that we deal with the problem at hand. I can talk about this problem, that problem, but I think we're skirting a lot of problems about the rug. Okay, let's get back to the woman who told me that. And I knew they were a couple. They're married. People who say that's that's my wifey. Yeah, no, they actually were married. So had a wedding ring on and everything. And I met her there at the Salvation Army. What do they provide? They provide two meals. They provide breakfast in the morning and dinner at night. And on the campus, they actually have a campus. Meaning they have a school there. Meaning they also have a church there. It's a nonprofit Christian organization. They have a church there, and in that church, they serve dinner after service. And actually, the food is pretty good. I would know. And also, at lunchtime, because a lot of people leave the shelter, they have to. They have to be up and out no later than 7 o'clock off the premises. I used to be going at 5. I ain't late. So I, I wanted to get up there to, this was my whole MO, my whole MO since I was homeless. And I didn't want to be in the free dorm. I want to be in a clean not that many people paid dorm. They call it a hostel. Back then, I paid $10. It's $20 a day today. And um, they have a day room that opens up at like 9 a.m. But I don't even know if it's open right now because of COVID. But I think it still is. Or I think they opened it. Last time I had an interview with them. Yes, I interviewed them. Um, so homeless look like to me. Underly employed is the abuse. The ones that people pretty much abuse them consistently in a world of people that's just crazy. They, like I say, anytime you feel like you can blame the abused, how is that helping them? That's actually hurting you when some people are in a position to help, like the three-year-old little girl in East L.A. on 6th and Wall Streets. Me advocating for her, I got so many nasty attitudes. I got so... Uh, apparently homeless look like a six-year-old, I mean a six-year-old, a three-year-old, a three-year-old with irresponsible parents. That's what homeless look like for this little girl. See, when I say what does homeless look like, it's a variety of things. And in California, such a beautiful state, I even make comments like, well, if I get the money up, I'd love to be here at my retirement age. If I can save up, and I'm working on it, okay? But I'm just saying it's it's a thought. A lot of retirees are in Cali, and they're in Las Vegas. So I'm telling you from experience, it's not just something people talk about. It's, I spoke to a few retirees. Ah! I take this off. Sorry. I spoke to a few retirees, so it's a beautiful state to just live your life in, period. If you've got the money and resources, that's why I don't understand the whole... Well, I do understand it. It's hard to... I could say I don't understand it, but the three-year-old being homeless like that, to me, it ain't fair. I, I'm assuming it's the same for you. Um, Six and Wall Street, look it up. That's actually Skid Row. Long story short, homes could be a lot of different things, not just the ones the women who are being battered or even the men who put up with the women who are abusing them, who are constantly throwing them out. Look, I've met a lot of people in my journey, and 
many different reasons people ain't got no roof over their head. For many different reasons. Some of it is like reasons you could have helped. And other reasons is not your fault. Do not blame a, a person who is married. This is how I feel. If you're in a relationship, if you're actually married like I was, and um, you're trying to make it work because adults who believe in the sanctity of marriage. I don't blame a woman that's want to be with that mate, but if she's having kids with this man and they want to blame the kids that she produced, well, that's not fair. You're just jumping. You, it's one thing to let your life be a hell. It's another thing when you're bringing kids into the world and making them suffer because you're suffering. It's not fair to them. So... I don't blame kids. I don't blame the abused woman. Maybe she's so messed up upstairs that she's lost focus of her self-worth like I did. I don't blame her. I don't blame her. She has to upstairs figure it out how to do it. For me, it was divorcing him. My ex-husband and getting away from the state and getting away from a pen handling on for like for myself, number one. Number two, it would be get away from him because he wouldn't leave me alone even though I filed papers. And yes, I divorced his ass. He ain't filed no papers. He wouldn't even come to court. The state granted me my divorce. Happily. Thank you. So, <laughs> trust me, my life is so much better. I actually have a place to stay. I'm safe. I don't have to worry about what he's going to do to me today. Because that used to be my thought. Like, what monster was I going to have to wrestle with? Day in and day out. It is not a fun or it's a terrifying ordeal. So who is homeless? What does homeless look like? Who is homeless? Why is there homeless? I don't know the reason why. But I'm going to tell you the why about my own life and what I've seen outside of me. So I've advocated for a three-year-old. It took eight calls, eight times, 211, non-emergency numbers, police and other people who were putting me down, telling me what they're not going to do, even though they have the authority to do it. Oh, that's not my district. Sure, it's your district. A lot of things dealing with the law is money-driven. i say a good 98% of it. So there's some people, some police officers who do their job, who enforce their law justly and don't degrade the people. Like some of these people we keep hearing about in the news, oh, my God, not just degrade, but, you know, Really executing people. They've been doing that for years. I'm not saying it's right, but they've been doing that for a very long time. And I've met people that are of every nationality. I would say black, white, who have experienced police brutality. Hispanic. Yeah. The experience that I know for sure they were abused brutally by the police. Being harassed Really by the police. So what does homeless look like to me? It can be a person that's, some people think, oh, they choose to be homeless. They, they want to be like that. I don't know why people think like that. I guess they said to make yourself look good. So, you know, you can have somebody to talk about and make fun and poke your finger at. Instead of, you know, looking at the other four figures that's pointing back at you. You know, I, that's what I think. It's a co- that's a coward move. Because some people are just sick. Like, I would see tourists all the time in Vegas uh, make fun of the homeless. So apparently they find if, if, you do so, if you do this particular thing, we'll give you some money. 
because we know you ain't got no money. That's why you out here, you see. And when I came back to Vegas two weeks later, maybe three weeks later, uh, someone who was homeless was egged on by some tourists, according to someone on a YouTube channel. I don't know if that's 100% true, but I know for sure that the person was swimming in the Bellagio water fountains. The Bellagio has a dancing fountain. It's very well known in Vegas. This person didn't make it. This is like four feet of water. But I'm thinking maybe one of those fountains hit him or something because he swam and he didn't make it. He swam across and he didn't make it back. People actually jumped in the water trying to save him. It was too late. It don't take much from what I understand about drowning. So, um, apparently being homeless makes some people, because make them seriously desperate for money, to a point they was, I wouldn't have thought about jumping in that water, but a person who's not a right perception desperate of money, want something to eat, want to get out that heat, I'm just trying to think of the logic of that person who passed away, but they're gone. But it was just so much madness just to see that. So apparently being homeless looks like a three-year-old little girl. Obviously, she somehow neglected and abused to go through that. I don't know her parents' thing, but I'm just saying. A three-year-old should... I'm just thinking about a child's. Hood. I want you to think back when you used to be a child once upon a time. And I felt like being in a tent city where there's tents everywhere, I pray for her and I pray for those parents. Because I just think about different things like, is she going to be able to see past all what she knows? Even if these social service people don't come out. And it's a possibility, it may not. They, they don't have to guarantee me nothing. I was just a tourist coming to their town. So they got kind of upset when I had contacted them. They were offended that an outsider, they didn't say it. They did say it, but they didn't say it. How did they say it? Well, let's see. They said it with snapping at me, telling me the rights of these abusers. Saying that the parents have rights to be home is true, but it's not true. They're making this kid suffer for their so-called rights. They, I've actually met or talked to people who are advocating. I was advocating for this little girl because that's all I can do at this point. I can't go up to a three-year-old little girl. That's not my daughter. I can't. That's weird. You don't go up to three-year-olds. Okay. So I call myself talking to the state. And they were more concerned about making themselves look good. That's a killing with people who are just cunning and cruel. They act like I'm warning up against the person's rights. When all I'm talking about is a little girl that this should not be happening. The state should be taking care of this like every other state has done with their homeless. But they don't want to hear that because you're not from there. And that's what I receive attitude, anger, I love telling what they ain't going to do. And justifying your mean, oh, they're right, sticking me homeless. Mm-hmm. When did you, where in the law does it say abuse your kid, neglect them? That's neglect. That's abuse. So they should be in trouble with the law. 
they should be in trouble with the law and not making this child go through this type of torment. It's not fair. So apparently being homeless as a three-year-old in California, East L.A., 6th and Wall Street. If you look that up, I did my research. You can do it later if you like. You don't have to put it down as a note. Okay, jot it down if you like to look it up for yourself. 6th and Wall Street. Please look that up. 6th and Wall Street. Look up the whole history of the homelessness. 6th and Wall Street. You'll see that this has been going on since the early 1900s. Now, so apparently being homeless is a child, a three-year-old child that can't help herself. So that tells me there's other kids that are homeless. There's some kids that ain't even living in a tent. At least she's living in a tent. There's some kids that are probably not even living in a tent. I don't know who these kids are, but if I'm only seeing that, I tell me there's even worse out there. Probably in California, probably a six on Wall Street. Don't know. But if you look, you will see it talks about how that whole area is a homeless ground, according to the social service person. But what I looked up is they've been known for being homeless right there. And that has been called Skid Row since the early 1900s. So, so apparently there are kids who are homeless. So homeless look like children. Innocent children. Lives affected by their unresponsible abuse of whoever their parent, grandparent, I'm not for certain, but whoever is taking care of them, neglecting them, not taking care of them when you, and they have to be in this rubble. The kids, kids shouldn't be homeless. That shouldn't be their childhood. That shouldn't be something they look back on and say, oh, I remember. Nope, that's not something even they should even encounter. The people that I've seen walked around Broken. I was so broken, I didn't believe I can come out of it. I could see the brokenness on me when I used to be homeless. I see the brokenness on them in that 6th and Wall Street community. Now, so apparently, homeless is not just adults. Apparently, homeless is not just the drunks and the alcohol, drunk alcoholics, as everyone call them, or the drug, you know. They call them dope fiend, the straight, street, straight, street name. It's dope fiend. Apparently, they're not all the scum of society. Apparently, there are three-year-old little kids. They're younger, probably even younger than that. That's how homeless look like to me. I've actually met and advocated for a homeless 19-year-old in Aurora, Colorado, he had mental issues. You can literally hear him talking to himself. I asked him his mom's number because she stayed in the state. Good for me, me and her of the same faith. I think she hurt me out a little bit more. I tried to pay for a cab. Once I found the cab was $400, I said, oh, I can't do that one. So it had me advocating and talking to her over and over. And he going off like, I know she got money. I know she got a car. Can she come get me? What, what type of, you know, you know, he was saying cuss words. Try not to go there, folks. Long story short, it took like 15 minutes for her to start driving to pick up her son. But she picked up her son. Because I said, we, I, I kept telling her the word, please. I was begging her, please pick up your baby. I said, he needs you. If you do not come and get him, I have to get back on this bus. If you don't come out here and get him. He will be out here wandering on the streets again. 
thank God that it touched her heart because she didn't want to come out at first because she said, you don't understand, it took two hours. And I'm thinking, that's your son. That's all I can hear. This is all, you are all he has. That's it. He needs you, you know? So I got to get him off the streets and I got to help other people in Las Vegas, Nevada, get off the street to get in a paid dorm. Yes, I donated to the Salvation Army where I used to stay. They provide, like I said, they provide two meals. And if you're going over there to the Salvation Army, North Las Vegas, it's up the street from the shade tree where I used to be. One West Owens is shade tree. It's a woman's shelter. It's a horrible shelter. Like if, if you're a person you need to go there, don't go there. It's really, really bad. Really, really bad. So up the street, this Christian nonprofit, I don't think they don't make a profit. They make a big profit. But that's me who been to school who know better. But anyway, so they have other goals beyond making money. That's why they call it nonprofit, okay? So I'm just saying for those who don't know. So Salvation Army is definitely an organization that I contribute to. I will contribute some more later this year um, because I know they help the people. I knew this supervisor named Ryan. If you want to help out this shelter, you're welcome to do that. And yes, I gladly advertise for them. Ryan and Juan. Ryan, I believe, is the homeless coordinator. And Juan is actually over Ryan. But they both had the same common goal, which is to help the homeless and ones in need. I know because I stayed there for, I was there, had to be over about two years before, yeah, two years staying there. So I actually got to go back, interview them, and he talked about different stories and ways they help out the homeless community. And I got to, like, I'm informing you now about the homeless community. Just because you're homeless, I mean, you're hopeless. In the community, in the Salvation Army, they, not just the two meals, not just a clean bed to sleep on. And not just that, the people are Christian, so a lot of them are loving towards you. And they offer, they call it a campus because there is a school, a culinary school. So not only, repeat this, not only do you get people off the street, but you get them educated, get a trade in the culinary, whichever one you choose, and the state pays for that, believe it or not. As you do that, you can stay in the dorm. And they have a job placement rate of 98%. That's huge. Yeah. So Vegas is all about culinary. Easy dealing with hospitality. And if you're going to go to Vegas, just a small advice, folks. Because people love Vegas. Okay. It took me eight years to get out of there. So I'm just saying. People love Vegas. I still have a love for Vegas. But homeless look like the uneducated, the underemployed. Apparently, children are homeless, so homeless look like kids, and so abused and misused and mentally ill, and the 19-year-old that I told you I was able to advocate for, and other people who I've been able to help in Vegas, homeless. You don't know people's story. I'm going to tell you something. When you really believe in what you're doing, I'm not asking, like, did you deserve it? I've heard people say stuff like, did you deserve to get beat up by your ex-husband, I would hear people say that, or how do you know he followed you? And I had to get upset. I got upset because, like, one thing that's really hurtful for a person that's being abused is that people don't believe you, like, it's all in your head sort of shit. 
But there's been times I've learned to shut my mouth when I say they don't believe me. When you don't hear a victim out and close, you close the victim down. At least I close down because I'm protecting myself. That's the first thing I do. I did. Like, I remember his friends who knew he was doing things to him was like, oh, he's not like that. I just shut up. And this one particular person who was talking smack and saying what type of man he was, even though I'm married to him, you know, and <laughs> knew that I was panhandling. And he worked a regular job. And she gave me money one day when he seen me. I think that was a way of him trying to help me, and it did help me. Five dollars in Vegas. Me, who was homeless and had to leave off the property at the Salvation Army, they gave me five dollars to be on the 24-hour bus. We have a bus ticket for five dollars, and if you're out of state, it is seven dollars. So apparently, homeless look like a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So apparently, being homeless is underly employed. Me, who used to work for a lot of tip agencies. Like Eastridge, not that I'm throwing them up under the bus. Like in Eastridge, we see Integrity. I'm telling you different agencies I work for. Integrity Staffing Agency, I worked at, through Integrity, I worked at Amazon Warehouse. Oh, gosh. Um, and Eastridge, I worked a variety of places. And Labor Ready, I call it a tip agency because it's temporary. You need something more long-term. You know, today I look back on it and go, I see why it didn't work for me because they call it tip for a reason. I would substitute my income, like working at Walmart at the time before COVID-19, there was no such thing as full-time hours, by the way. You were under part-time, meaning under 30 hours a week. And you got paid every two weeks. And you got to pay rent off of that. I got a raise. Every time there was a raise, I got it. I got the bonuses and all that stuff. I was there two and a half years. There were times where I was living on the bus, meaning sleeping on the bus, and kicked off the bus because they don't allow you to sleep on the bus in Las Vegas. Because uh, they, I say, sometimes they pick on the homeless because they're a little person. There's no need to do all that, to be violent. I've actually seen retired police officers literally kick a homeless man because they fell asleep and thought it was so funny. I didn't think it was funny. I thought it was horrifically horrible and terrifying. And this was a muscular, like he was, you could see that he was, you know, very well built and he didn't have to do that to this man. He thought it was funny. I thought it was horrible. The things that my eyes had seen. So apparently being homeless means being kicked down by people who can help you. Matter of fact, they abuse you. They re-abuse you by society. I think sometimes homelessness kind of bring out the ugly in some people. I'm not saying you. I'm saying some people. Like that guy that got kicked going to because he went to sleep. And he thought it was funny. When, after he kicked the guy and he told his friends about it and cracking up laughing. He was the only one laughing. I don't know if he noticed that. But he was the only one that was laughing. They just looked at him. And he talked to his co-workers so apparently being homeless being being kicked on tormented by society they deem them right because they're ex-military that's not right because they're a guard because they have a job because they have a place to stay that makes it right no it makes it wrong it shows me how little and small they are and I was just shocked to see that and that was during my stage of being homeless on the bus so apparently, you could be a 24-hour bus rider in Las Vegas 
for me, that's what I experienced before I decided to get to the Salvation Army. And when I came back, I found out about all the different things to get them housing, to work with the state and get them housing. Don't know how long the process is because I didn't wait. A lot of people I knew who waiting for the state wait for a long time for the actual got housing. So in the meantime, how are you going to support yourself? I didn't ask these type of questions. Maybe I should have asked them. But um, what are you, they supposed to do while they're waiting? See, Tamika didn't wait. Tamika knew that she can go on, on the strip or on the Fremont and put a sign up with a cup and people actually put money in their cup. That's I call it, I used to call it a tip cup. I literally wrote down tips. It was me struggling to live. So being homeless means I did a lot of different things. It's abused people. It's people that's treated like scum of society because they don't have a house to protect them. They're in the wide open, literally. But living in a desert homeless is no joke, period. Being homeless is no joke, period. And people like to beat on the homeless. So apparently, people like hurting people. That's it. When I see all this racism and insane things going on, basically you like hurting people. Because I'm a certain race. Nope. That's called you like hurting people. That's it. You enjoy it. This is your kick. This is how you get down. Sad, but it's true. You may not have to. You don't have to agree with me, by the way. You don't. But that's how I feel. Long story short, so what does homeless look like to you? Thank you for coming to this podcast show. Thank you for supporting me and your compliments. Thank you for welcoming me in and hearing me out. I talk about the homeless in the hopes of encouraging others to keep on giving and keep doing the good work that you're doing. And don't stop because there are people that's waiting on you to help for their help. How I got out of being homeless, by the way, first thing, my perception changed. My faith changed because I was so broken. Three years of being homeless, I was so broken. I started to believe that I couldn't get out of it. This was just my life. And it was for three years. Okay? And I actually met somebody who um, helped, who encouraged me. A tourist. He was an American. Don't know what part of the United States, but he met me on a deuce bus. For they all who don't know Vegas. There's a lot of homeless people on there ride the bus a lot. I wouldn't know. I did it for like a year. The point I'm making is simple. It may be an encouraging word. Maybe you ain't got the money. I feel you. You struggle like a, like a lot of other people not to be homeless. Okay, I get you. Maybe you got time. If you got time, then I advise you to put in the time. Make it count. You can help the homeless with your time. You can help the poor and struggling. Maybe you want to help with the food situation. There's different organizations, like I told you the Salvation Army is one of them. Maybe in your state you can donate to them. I've told you all the things they do. You can actually ask them to know where your money is going to. From education, a trade, a place to stay, food, that's all salvation, and a church, you know, service. So your money is going to all that if you go ahead and donate to Salvation Army. Here locally, I volunteer for the South Jersey Food 
pantry. Every third Saturday, I believe, they have an actual pantry that they collect fresh veggies and stuff and money from the farmer's market. And I've been able to be a part of that. So you can be a part of that, too, in, if you live in Jersey. 5-5 five, five Atlantic is another shelter that helped, that helped me when I was on the street here in Jersey. And helped me in so many different ways. 5-5 five, five Atlantic. New Jersey, Camden, New Jersey. Look it up. Thank you for another podcast. And thank you for your donations. Because y'all been sending money here on my podcast. And of course, y'all welcome to send donations. And be on the lookout for different new arts that I have available. This has been Tamika Michelle, Homeless Podcast. Who's Homeless? Over and out.